This is the PGA of Canada Professional Development Podcast Series. Industry leaders, PGA professionals discussing technology, fitness, planning your business, building your career. These talks, these ideas, developed for you to live a better life and earn a better living. having me uh, here again to speak with the PGA of Canada and uh, and talk about career paths. Uh, my, my name is Tom Schellenberg. I'm the general manager here at Deer Ridge Golf Club. I'm in my fourth season with uh, Deer Ridge as the general manager and, uh, and and love love the industry. So I'm happy to talk to you about my career path and how I got to where I am and, uh, and hopefully provide some information that people can get something out of. So I'm going to start back at the beginning. One, I, I guess I'll give, give you a little bit of context. I'm uh, I just recently turned uh, 27 years old. I'm the general manager here at Deer Ridge, so I, I was trying to get to be at this at this point at a young age, um, and uh, and I've worked hard to do it. But uh, I've, I've also been very lucky and fortunate along the way. So I'm I'm going to try to summarize that career path for you and things I've learned. So hopefully other people don't make the same mistakes. Um, so. After high school, uh, I graduated high school and wanted to travel. I, I always wanted to to help people. That's a value that, of mine. And um, I, I went actually. I, I went and traveled through Africa. I, I went and lived in Tanzania with a local family for two months, and volunteered at an orphanage. ate ate the local food, um, learned Swahili because I had to, that was the only way to do it. And it, it was an absolutely shocking experience. Um, and then I backpacked after that through four other African uh, countries. So basically, I was in Eastern and Southern Africa for about four and a half months. Um, anyways, so while I was doing that is when I was thinking about what am I going to go to school for. And I, I wasn't really that sure. I had always done well academically in high school. And uh, I was looking at going, I had always did really well in math, and I loved fitness, so I thought, okay, maybe I'll go to be a phys ed and health teacher and, you know, minor in math or, or something along those lines. And so I applied for schools, and I got in to, to be a teacher, and, you know, was con my, my thought was, okay, this is where I'm going, this is what I'm doing. And my parents had said to me, I had a phone call while I was actually in Tanzania with my parents, and they had said to me, you know, make sure I'm doing something that I love and not something that I'm just that I'm just good at. Um, so that that made me think. Obviously, it's still something I remember the phone call today. Um, and that's when I thought, at the time I had played, a, before leaving on this trip, I played a lot of junior golf. I love competitive golf, and I, I really liked the industry. So I started looking to some of the programs. I uh, saw the, a lot of the golf management diploma programs, and at the time I, I thought, oh, I don't, I, you know, it's hard for me to accept Going for a two-year diploma, uh, just just because I had been so I, I had focused so much on academics through high school that I thought I I wanted a degree, but not and now I, it wouldn't matter to me. But at the time, it did. Eventually, I came across uh, the Bachelor of Business Golf Management Program at uh, Georgian College, the four-year business degree. Uh, so that was a business degree focused in golf. Basically, uh, you know, you have your usual business courses, but every all the projects and everything are focused on the golf industry. And so that's when I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it a try. Uh, at least I get a business degree out of it. If I don't want to be in golf anymore, I can I can move on to something else. 
but at the time, I thought, I love golf, so so let's try it. So after my trip, I got back, worked, made some money, and then uh, and then went uh, went off to college. And I remember getting there. You know, the first thing I did was go to Moore's to get some suits because I, I didn't, you know, I didn't have any of that kind of stuff. And I, we were told that we're going to have all these professional networking opportunities and all that stuff. So I went for the two-for-one special and got my blue suit and got my black suit and, uh, you know, a couple ties and all that stuff. And, I, you know, I remember thinking, wow, this is this is going to be fun. Um, but it was all very new to me. And I remember going into my first year, even pretty much throughout the first year of, of college, thinking, you know, maybe one day I'll be a general manager of a mid-level, maybe B-level golf course. You know, thinking that that might happen when I'm 50. Obviously, that I did not expect to be where I'm at today. At, at that point, you know, I was, I was thinking that you know this is going to be a long road, but I'm ready for it, and and I'll work hard to get there. And uh, so through the first year, that's that's basically how it was for me. But I do remember I had a marketing class that uh, one of our professors asked us to write down what we were going to do, and this was towards the end of first year. So I had just uh, I just been hired on at St. George's Golf and Country Club uh, for their turf department. Um, to to do my my basically my turf internship and that was in 2010 so for the so I got to work through the Canadian Open but so I, you know I, at that point I was starting to roll a little bit starting to move forward and get excited about and think wow you know I went from thinking I could only be at a B level golf course now I'm at the second best golf club in Canada at the time so I was I was getting excited so when we had to write down in this marketing class our professor had us write down our goals um, I said to him I said I'm going to be a private I'm going to be a general manager of a private club by the time I'm 25. And uh, and he laughed. I mean, I think he laughed because, and I laughed too. It was a little ambitious, but I remember writing it down and thinking that that's what's going to happen. And you know, fast forwarding to today, I mean, I, I I got the job here before I was 25 years old. So it, it does happen. You know, what you think about does become reality. Uh, and I do want to get that point across because that's very important to think uh, to think about. Like uh, your reality will pass, surpass what you even think is possible. And it's happened to me a few times in my career. And it, it, it just happens from bringing a good attitude and working hard. So, anyway, so the next step was I, I had that first uh, internship at St. George's uh, Golf and Country Club in turf. I had worked uh, previously. I'd worked a few years in turf before that and done some landscaping work. So I was pretty knowledgeable on the turf side of things, and uh, and loved it. To be honest with you, I, I love working outside. I love working with my hands, and and especially for to have the Canadian Open there and see all that goes into to having a Canadian Open from the grounds perspective was great. And the the biggest thing that coming out of this job that was good for me was a strong reference from Keith Bartlett, who was the superintendent at the time. Great superintendent, great mentor. Um, really, the biggest thing he taught me was do it once and do it right, and that's still the way I feel about everything that uh, that we do. But I, I, I adopted that from Keith. But he gave me a strong reference letter, and at the start of the career, that's very important. Uh, the, the golf industry is tightly knit, and that letter helped open up the next doors. So anyways, then by the time I got into second year, that's when I started to think, you know what, I could really do anything in this industry. As I said, before I thought maybe I'd be a general manager of a B-level golf course by the time I'm 50. At this point, I thought I could be the general manager at Augusta if I wanted to be, and I still think that. I, I don't know if that's what I want or not, but um, but anyways. So 
I applied for an international scholarship through school, and and I got it. Basically, this was I was going to get a, a scholarship through school if I got my if I did my next internship abroad. Right? So now I had to I got accepted for the scholarship, but now I had to find the job. So the school didn't help us find it, and I was originally looking to go out to. I sent resume packages off to China, to India, and to United Arab Emirates. I wanted to go somewhere where the industry was booming. You know, at the time China was slotted to build 2,500 golf courses. So I thought, what a great place to learn um, and experience. But I sent off all these FedEx resume packages and all this stuff, and, and never really it all kind of came across deaf ears. Uh, I followed up and tried to get across. It, it was just it wasn't happening. I, I would have loved to go, still would love to actually get that experience, but uh, it, it didn't happen. So then I was getting into March and really needed to find a job, so I started looking to the U.S. and um, just started cold calling. I just started calling the top 10 golf course in every state. I, you know, I knew I wanted to be at a high-end club, so that's why I was limiting myself to the top 10 golf courses in each state. And uh, I really kind of started right below the border, so it wasn't too far, and then started working down the East Coast. Um, so I, I did about 10 different states, so I had about 100 different phone calls before I... I got a job, um, and I got a job in North Carolina at the Country Club of North Carolina in Pinehurst. So, great location. I mean, everybody knows Pinehurst, and it was just down the road from Pinehurst Number Two, and it's uh, its own private club there. Phenomenal facility, great place. I can't say enough good things about it. I was just back there in December to visit. Um, built a lot of strong relationships there. But so I was just going there for an internship for four months um, to work in the golf department. And uh, met Adam Kushner was my boss. He was the head professional at the time. He's now the director of golf at Berkeley Hall in South Carolina. And Adam and I had a great relationship. He was a fantastic mentor, still is today, and I still have a very strong professional and personal relationship with him, which is something that I, I encourage everybody to do is to, you know, with your past bosses is, is, is to – Always keep in touch with them. One, I mean, hopefully you've built a relationship where you enjoy keeping in touch. But uh, but two, they, they can help you so much along the way, and I, I think that they really enjoy seeing how you develop through your career as well. And anyway, so I, at the end, so I, I, here I did, you know, I got this job, so I got my scholarship. I went out there to work for nine dollars an hour, you know, not making much money, and and. And that's besides the point. It was about the opportunity. I wanted to go to the states to learn about their high-level service and what they do. Uh, what they do that I think would be better than what we do in Canada, and just try to build my resume that way. Went out there, moved out there. Uh, didn't really come home with any money because it cost me quite a bit to get down there and to live there and all that kind of stuff. Um, but phenomenal experience. And at the end of the four months, uh, my boss Adam Kushner had said to me, "Tom, you're going to go work at Oakmont or." Muirfield Village Golf Club. So that's when I was kind of stunned, you know, knowing that Oakmont, I think, was about sixth in the world rankings at that point, and Muirfield was up there as well, inside the top 30 in the United States. And that's kind of when things really started to, to take off. Um, it's, uh, you know, that, I didn't have to do anything to get my foot in the door at one of those places, and that's where... You're, that's where I'm expressing the importance of your references and working hard and always branding yourself with with at wherever you're working because these people will open the doors for you if you're good enough and uh, if you work hard enough. And uh, so I said to Adam, I asked him who was the better general manager to learn from. At the time, Nicholas LaRocca, who's still the general manager at Muirfield Village Golf Club, 
he uh, he had taken the job there as their general manager and chief operating officer when he was 28 years old. So, you know, knowing the career path I wanted to take and, and kind of fast track, I thought that's the guy I need to learn from. So, so I went over there shadowing the general manager the following year and um, started basically shadowing him and would report to him every day and he'd just tell me what he wanted me to do. Uh, and then he quickly gave me responsibilities of managing the locker room uh, and, and that slowly grew. Uh, so, so then I came back on full time as the, as the assistant of the general manager and uh, was there for two years in that role, which was phenomenal. I mean, Mirfield Village Golf Club, uh, for anyone who doesn't know it, it's Jack Nicklaus's home club, hosts the annual memorial tournament, and I uh, was there through the 2013 President's Cup as well. So lots of PGA Tour experience, um, which was, as a golfer, growing up a golfer, are you kidding me? That was the dream. I was, I was and again, that's another part where my reality had surpassed what I thought was even possible. Um, I remember thinking, you know, I might get to meet Jack Nicholas here because it's Jack Nicholas's home club. He's got a house on property, and I ended up becoming the liaison for the Nicholas house. So I would deliver their mail. I'd go in there. I remember, like, I remember sitting in the kitchen having coffee with Barbara Nicholas. I went shopping with Barbara Nicholas for for furniture for the golf club. Like, it was just so unreal, and it still is now when I think about it. Um, but how lucky that was and how fortunate I was to get that experience. But again, you know, sitting in that kitchen, having to pinch myself, being like, oh, my God, what's going on? You know, so um, dream big is, is the thing, is, is what I always believe in, uh, because you, you never know where you can really actually get to. But uh, anyway, so that full experience, at the, at the end, uh, when I was at Muirfield, I was managing a staff, through, like through the, those tournaments, it was a staff of over, of about 50 people, because we had all of our locker room staff, ballet staff, fitness staff, security, clubhouse, um, and that, so basically I was really responsible for membership services and making sure everybody, you know, kind of customer service of our of our members and, and then scheduling and all the other things that come along with managing a team. And great experience. I was fortunate to have a, a boss who who didn't care about my age. He doesn't get, you know, he just, it was irrelevant. I mean, he got that job when he was 28. He doesn't care about age. If you can do the job, you can do the job. And so uh, it was important for me to believe that too. Uh, because if you don't believe it, then you will always be too young. But uh, but if you just know that you can do the job, then then you can do the job. So so after that, the only reason why I actually started to look to leave Muirfield was because uh, my visa was running out. So I, I got every student visa that I could, and there's a few that you can get upon after graduation. So I'd, I'd done all those. I'd gone through the I think it's the six month, eighteen months, and twenty four months, and I'd gone through all those based through when I was in North Carolina and this time now in, in uh, Dublin, Ohio. And so the next, the next visa was about a 50% chance that I would get it. So I'm looking at there was 110,000 applicants and only 55,000 get accepted. So that was a, you know, a 50% chance I didn't, really didn't feel like resting my career on, but I would if I had to. So I thought at the time I was 23 years old, I, I, I was going to be turning 24, I thought if I'll look home and if I can get a general manager job, then I'll move. Otherwise, I will risk and try, the, try to get the other visa through the States and see what happens. And sure enough, this opportunity at Deer Ridge Golf Club had opened up. Um, they, they, were look, they, had, they were looking to replace their general manager. Uh, the, the title when I started was club manager, but um, that's okay. You know, <laughs> that, that changed eventually. Um, but yeah, so I remember applying and thinking, thinking I was a little bit crazy applying for these jobs, and 
just just because strictly because of my age, thinking, oh my God, I don't have enough experience. But um, but then getting a call back from Deer Ridge, and so I got a first round interview, and thinking, wow, okay, let's go do this, and a little bit nervous. Um, but I drove from Ohio up to Deer Ridge and and went in for the interview first round, and and things it felt like things went really well. I went back to, to Muirfield, kept working, and you know, it was like two and a half weeks later, I hadn't heard any, anything, so I, I was just thinking, oh, God, there's no way. Like, you, you know, I'm waiting for the call for them to say, Tom, you're great, but you're too young. And I get a call from the president, and he says, um, he says to me, Tom, why can't you just sit in front of us and be 20 years older? So I thought, okay, here here comes the inevitable, what I, what I thought might happen. And he says, but with that said, you were our best interview. So we'd love to have you come back in for a second interview. So, you know, I did my best to contain myself on the phone. Great, great. Yeah, when? I'll be there. I'll be there. Absolutely. And uh, and then, sure enough, drove out there for, for the next round interview of interviews. And uh, and then on my way back after that second interview, they called me on my drive back home and offered me the job. So um, <laughs> I, I was shocked. You know, what, what led to me getting here and, and – Every time I've gone and, and uh, spoke anywhere, I, I get questions from people on, especially the younger group of students and stuff, asking, you know, how do you how do you take the fast track? You know, people want to become, want to get to be a head golf professional or director of instruction or general manager or food and beverage manager at a young age. And the, the, there's no, you know, and every time someone asks it, they they pull up the pen and they're looking at me like I'm going to give them some equation. There's no equation for it, but but. I can tell you that the, the job I'm at now, Deer Ridge Golf Club, I would not have without my previous experience at Muirfield. You know, Muirfield was something that separate, separated me because it's such a, a prominent property and experience with those PGA Tour events. And I wouldn't have got there if it wasn't for my experience before that at the Country Club of North Carolina because that boss of mine went and put his neck on the line for me to get this job. And I, if I cold called Muirfield, I guarantee you I, pro I probably wouldn't have got the job. I mean, I can't guarantee you that, but uh, but the point is, that it all kind of worked together. Um, and I, the only reason why I got the job at the Country Club in North Carolina was because I risked something. I tried to go I tried to go at a job that I was, really wasn't sure if I could get, and I just cold called and stayed persistent until I got something. You know, I got to think about it. I called 100 golf clubs. I got 99 no's. That's a lot of denials. Um, but there was one yes, and that's all that matters, and that's all you need. So I know some people get discouraged when they're trying to apply for jobs and they've applied for 10 and, and you're not getting what you want, but you've got to keep going. Right? You've got to keep pushing because it, it will happen. There's always going to be a yes. It's kind of almost strength in numbers when you're looking for, when you're looking for that kind of opportunity. The, the more you apply, there's going to be yeses in there. Um, and, and that's kind of what started me off on that, on that path. And now... I mean, now being at Deer Ridge, it, it's definitely been it's been a great uh, a great full three years. I mean, like I said, I'm in my fourth year, and I've I've learned a lot, uh, learned a, a, a ton, and I, I get to be a better manager every year. And I, I love leading our staff of 80 people. It's uh, it's it's what I really enjoy about the job. The, the job for me is about the people. It's about the members, and that's why I do what I do. Um, but. I can tell you at the beginning, I didn't know, I, I mean, I'm in the board meetings having to take minutes and having to do all that kind of stuff. I, I didn't know what I was doing, um, but but you learn it. You know, you sink or you swim, and and I, I guess I'm fortunate I'm a swimmer. But that that's another thing that I'd like people to, to realize is, you know, you've got to throw yourself into those uncomfortable situations if you really want to kind of get to be 
um, the best that you can be. I mean, you'll learn it. You'll figure it out. You will. Everybody's got the way. I mean, Amy, like I said, every year I've learned something new in this role, and I continue to grow my education and expand my network and have realized the importance of staying in touch with every single person you meet in the golf industry and keeping that network. Um, but some of the things uh, I was asked recently, you know, what, what's something that you are doing in your role that you wouldn't have expected to be doing? And that was a good question. Uh, some, some of the things I didn't see, and probably the two biggest, actually are around um, mental health. And, and it's something I am passionate about. Um, but from both perspectives of members and staff, I, I wouldn't have thought. I've got members now who call, like, you know, you build strong relationships with members when you're, when you're in this role. Uh, and at a club because you see them every day. And I've got members who call me when they're going through divorces or call me when they're uh, upset about this and, and talk about their personal life. That was something I did not expect to be happening. Uh, I, I enjoy it, though. It gives a little more purpose to the job for me. And and same thing from a, from a staff standpoint is, uh, is mental health is something that we all deal with, is something that um, everybody, every single person, whether you be Sidney Crosby or you be somebody working at the gas station, uh, is impacted by personally and from relatives and everything around them. So uh, I've learned a lot about that. I mean, I, I've had to deal with uh, things myself as well, but um, but just in terms of being a support figure for those staff, it, it really is a job that you need to be empathetic for, em empathetic and um, and be able to listen to people and care for them. So it, it's you know, like I said, I do this job because I love people, and I think it's very important that you do. You have to love people because if you don't it's uh, you're not genuine and people aren't going to open up to you and they're not going to trust you as much as, as a leader. Um, I'd say that's one of the biggest kind of blind spots for me uh, of, of doing the job and, and just seeing the importance of uh, every day that I can set the tone of the club. You know, I've got to come in and I've got to be on the ball. If, I, if I'm down and upset about something, then I'm going to be setting that tone throughout the club and throughout all of our managers and all the other staff. So. That coming in, and it, it, luckily for me, it kind of comes natural to me. It's I would say my number one asset as a person is my energy. I'm just uh, I, I I love life and uh, and what I'm doing, so it makes it easy for me. To yeah. So for for anyone listening who's you know who thinks that they want to get into this kind of role to be a general manager or or a leader within within the golf industry, if there's if there's three things I can say that uh, that, that I would encourage you to do, encourage you to believe, um, to get to get to that point, is is one you absolutely uh, you need to care about people. Um, it's it is a people industry. I mean, you're leading staff, you're also dealing with members every day, and you need to care about it and care about them genuinely. If if not. That's okay, but I, I would find another area of interest in the industry as opposed to being a leader in the industry. Uh, leading staff, you need to care about people. So that would be that would be probably to me the most important thing that you bring forward as a leader. Um, number two is is you absolutely have to believe and expect that you can achieve anything that you want. Um, to summarize that point, uh, Jim James from Augusta National says. Care more than others think is wise or necessary. Risk more than others think is safe. Dream more than others think is practical. And expect more than others think is possible. And I can't emphasize how important that is going into your careers and, and thinking that anything is possible because that will, that will make that happen. As I said to you earlier, you know, the amount of times already in my young career where I've been 
thinking, oh, my God, how did I get here? Um, it, it was way beyond my expectations. So just believe in how far you can go is, is a very important thing. And then the third thing I, I think is um, is keeping in touch with your contacts, but also reaching out to new people. So if anybody, you know, if there's people you want to learn from in the industry, what I've learned is you can call someone who you don't even know, and, and you tell them this is who you are, this is what you're trying to do, and they will often give you help. Uh, it, it's something where you think you need to do it all on your own, but having contacts and keeping in touch with your network of people, uh, but also growing that network. And like I said, you can do it from a cold call. If, if somebody was to call me who I don't even know and ask me some questions about the club industry, I'd be happy to answer it. Um, so I think using that network of, of information will help you greatly. And it, I mean, it's something where that's how I got my job at the Country Club in North Carolina. I didn't know anybody. I just made the phone calls and, until, it, until it worked out. Um, so that, that persistence and, and drive to show that you want to keep gaining more knowledge in the industry, I would say, is also uh, extremely important. And so with that, I wish everybody good luck, and I'm, I'm happy to have a conversation at any time. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. That was uh, exactly what I was hoping for. Okay. Well, perfect. So that's